Your Money Replay from Money FM 89.3. Influence with Michelle Martin on Your Money only on Money FM 89.3. Japan has claimed the title of most powerful passport in the world. It unlocks the most number of visa free doors, topping the Henley Passport Index for the third year in a row. So Japan offers its passport holders visa free access to 191 destinations around the world. We're taking a closer look at the 2020 Henley Passport Index with Dominic Volek, Managing Partner and Head of Southeast Asia at Henley Partners Singapore. The first place tie held by Singapore and Japan's passports last year was broken because of easier access to Suriname for Japanese passport holders. Citizens of several countries, including Singapore, can apply for a tourist card on arrival in Suriname, but that policy was terminated on 15th October 2019. So, small data point made all the difference though so it's time to find out more about the henley passport index and the world's most powerful passport how are you dominic very well in yourself very good thanks for joining us so we always want to know what we didn't do well and what we can do better so what's it going to take for singapore to reclaim number one position from japan Yeah, look, I mean, Japan and Singapore have been tussling for the top spot for the last three years, either one or two or sharing one of those positions. And as you mentioned earlier, the methodology behind the Henley Passport Index is all about, it looks at 199 passports around the world and 227 destinations. So not only countries, but microstates and territories. And so the only way Singapore can get back up there is, of course, add more countries to which it has either visa-free or visa-on-arrival access to. So what happened in the last quarter in terms of the change was you had Saudi Arabia that has introduced an e-visa for for 50 nationalities, and both Japan and Singapore were one of those. Um, So they both gained an extra point in, in the passport index. But in terms of Suriname, Suriname had a tourist card that was available and they then actually cancelled that policy and this is now needed to be acquired before travelling there. So Singapore lost a point because of that. Uh, Japan was never subject to this tourist card because they already had its own visa waiver agreement in place. So perhaps Singapore could open that discussion with, with Suriname in terms of you know no longer having to get this travel card. Yeah, speaking of the discussions necessary for visa-free access to happen, what, do you, what are some of the underlying political and economic factors that contribute to the relative strengths of a passport? Yeah, so countries would look at a few factors in terms of their visa waiver policy. It's a very active space and, and many countries are looking at this and in particularly, you know, destinations like the UAE are looking at it even from a strategic point of view. The factors that they would look at, of course, reciprocity is, is, a, big, um, is a big one because if I allow your nationals, you know, visa-free access to my country, then I would expect visa-free access to your country. Mm. So there is a there is a a part to play there on countries going out and actively seeking visa waivers. But of course, not all countries are open to that and they don't all have the same entry requirements. So what would be looked at is, is definitely the reputation of the country and you would typically find countries with similar socio-economic status would be happy to reciprocate. But if you look at the, the difference between Japan sitting at number one with visa-free access to 191 countries, on the bottom of the index is, is Afghanistan with access to just 26 countries. So those sitting at the, at the bottom of the Henley Passport Index are typically those countries 
countries that either have political unrest or there's some type of conflict that exists. So from a reputation is a big one. And then the other one is what is the risk of nationals from that other country breaching immigration policies, overstaying their um, days that they're allowed access to? So there's a couple of things that they would look at. So even metaphorically, a passport is freedom. It is access to freedom. What is the link between passport power and other liberties, economic, political, individual, maybe even human freedoms? On the back of the latest release that we've done, there was an interesting study done by two political analysts, one at the University of Syracuse and the other one at the University of Pittsburgh, where they they looked at the correlation between the country's rank on the Henley Passport Index and that country's rank on the Index of Economic Freedom. So the Index of Economic Freedom looks at various um, economic factors such as legal transparency, monetary and fiscal policy, and whether it's a free market, and how does that then relate to a country's ranking in terms of their visa-free access. And, and the correlation was found, if you look at Singapore in, in particular, Singapore ranks extremely high on this index of economic freedom in terms of, you know, no corrupt, very little, no, no to little corruption, a free market economy, very prudent fiscal and monetary policies. And that is then linked to the significant foreign direct investment that comes into Singapore. And the correlation was then to the fact that Singapore ranks so highly on the Henley Passport Index in terms of its citizens being allowed to travel freely. If you look at the highest ranking countries on this index, Japan, Singapore and South Korea, they are typically very focused on commercial expansionism and and reciprocal um, entry policies. And that's what's put Asian countries right at the top now. So the question often comes is, is what is what are these countries done against the likes of Germany and the UK and, and those nationals that have typically dominated the passport index? And that's what it comes down to. Japan and Singapore are, are peaceful commercial nations. Their citizens are primarily primarily interested in uh, investment and business in terms of their travel. Mm-hmm. And therefore, the risk of any sort of breach of policies, visa waivers is very is very low. Speaking with Dominic Volek, Managing Partner and Head of Southeast Asia at Henley and Partners Singapore, we're taking a look at the 2020 Henley Passport Index. Japan, top of that list, beating Singapore to first place. Uh, Singapore and Japan had a first place tie last year. Tell us a little bit about what you see as growing dominance and is it fair to say that when it comes to passport power uh, Asians are growing in terms of their dominance at the top of the list? Yeah definitely and we've seen that particularly over the last couple of years um if you look at the US and the UK, sort of the, they, they've always been very strong on this index. It's not really a case that they've lost access to countries, mm. but rather that they're not gaining access to as many as the now Asian countries that are dominating. So not only is it the reputation of the country, but if you look at countries like Japan and Singapore, where they benefit a lot is that they have access to what would typically be more closed-off nations like China, Azerbaijan. So the typical Western powers don't have visa-free access to some of these smaller countries, which Singapore and Japan do, and this, of course, gives them the edge. I wonder if your indicators that you use to analyze and determine passport strength has changed at all over the years. Yeah, the methodology has been refined. So we've been doing this now for, for 14, 15 years, and 
one thing that's happened is we have looked at, you know, increasing a few of the destinations. As I said, there's about 227 now because it's not only about countries, but there are certain places, for example, the Vatican, where you do need some type of prior approval before you can enter. So it looks at not only countries, but also microstates and territories. So the methodology has been refined in that space. We also now, because the visa waiver space has got so active and countries are signing new agreements all the time, Mm. we're now updating this every single quarter. The base data we use is exclusive data from IATA, the International Air Transport Authority. And then that's then supplemented with our own in-house research and open source public information because countries are are looking to expand their visa-free access all the time. So we've now had to keep this much more regularly updated. I can imagine one word is really causing a lot of head scratching over at Henley and that word being Brexit. (laughs) So what's the future for mobility and travel freedom being anticipated? Yeah, I, th- I think the head scratching is not only at, at Henley, but, but around the world. I think we have a bit more of a better idea on, on what may happen now. If you're a British citizen now, when Brexit happens, your travel freedom is unlikely to be impacted because your visa-free access is very much on a bilateral basis between countries in terms of who you allow to come and go. If you're a British citizen, what you really stand to lose is your settlement freedom. So if you're a national of one of these European Union member states, you have settlement freedom. So you have the right to live, work and study in all 28 European Union states. And that's what British citizens stand to lose with Brexit is the ability to just go and study and work anywhere in Europe. I think in terms of the short-term visa policy, it's unlikely to be significantly affected. But the UK does have quite high fees for visas. I'm a South African, so I'm subject to these as well. I need a visa and it costs me a couple hundred dollars to get that. And if the UK moves to a position to charge similar fees or some type of entry requirement to the European Union neighbours, then quite possibly they could look to reciprocate with such things. So it's still unknown at this stage, but hopefully in the coming months, this will become much clearer. Very interesting. Let's look at the US and the UK. They are in the top 10. Both countries, though, looking at sort of a downward trend, considering they jointly held the number one spot fairly recently, 2015. So why is the passport power of the US and the UK seemingly declining? Their numbers aren't declining. It's just a case of everyone around them is increasing beyond them. Both the US and the UK have not closed off, but their policies in place at the moment are not necessarily to encourage this reciprocal nature. I mean, both, you know, they have certain travel bans. If you look at the US, when the Trump administration came in, they introduced certain travel bans for certain nationalities. And those countries would typically look to potentially reciprocate that. So it's not really a factor of them losing access, but they're just not gaining access as frequently as some of the others that are now moved past them. It's such a fascinating lens to look at the world, the passport index, really. If we look at the Middle Eastern countries, they've made strong gains given their efforts to boost trade and tourism. The UAE and Saudi Arabia each climbing four places. Oman climbed three. Saudi Arabia is in 66th spot. Oman at 64th spot. So what do countries in the Middle East need to do to continue with this momentum? And do you see that happening? So the real standout sort of story here is is the UAE. A few years back, the UAE was in the 65th position. It's now moved up to 18th position. So that has seen by far the biggest increase over the last 10 years. And and the big reason behind that was the UAE has a particular strategy in place to move away from its reliance on the petrochemical industry. And one of the key areas to um, target to move away is tourism. So the UAE has very actively gone out and and, and seeked visa waiver 
agreements with strategic other countries. And the most notable one there is China. So there is now a reciprocal visa waiver agreement in place. And if you look at the UAE since 2017 to now, they've seen a 70% increase in Chinese tourisms in the tourism and hospitality industry. So opening the doors for tourism um, and hoping to get that reciprocal entry into key both business and lifestyle destinations. Great talking to you. Thank you so much for coming by. Dominic Volek is managing partner and head of Southeast Asia at Henley and Partners Singapore. We've been taking a closer look at the 2020 Henley Passport Index. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.